Thank you, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, I'm glad I'm here. I know we, we preach better, but we preach more honest. With our wives here, we get down the trail of telling a story, and all they got to do is this right here, or it's a story you're not supposed to tell. You know what I mean? When, when you're not live stream and nobody's recording, that's when you can tell the good stuff. But as long as somebody can have proof on you, you can't tell the good stuff. There's a lot of good gossip that could go on in preaching if somebody would just shut off the recorder and uh, then we could get down to some good gossip. Y'all don't look at me that way. You know you gossip. You just put a God bless them on the end and we need to pray for them. And then in the middle of prayer, you start telling everything. But uh, I, I am excited to be here. And uh, y'all, listen. I about got up out of that seat and came up there and joined the choir. Like, what is going on? And, uh, and so y'all are like a bunch of birds when you sing it. You open that mouth wide and it's like, good night. God's going to drop something in there. And then, then ma'am, sitting on that second row right there, you. Yes, ma'am, you. You. Yes, ma'am, you. You're the most expressive lady I have ever seen in my life. And um, when we were singing, I'm on the winning side. You were cranked back like this, singing, I'm on the winning side. And uh, wow. And uh, I'm going to put you in the suitcase. We're going to take you back to Longview. And if you would, just sit in the pew and just cheer me on. Amen. Uh, so I, and, and, <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, I'll trade, I'll, <laughs> he, he said you were wonderful, and uh, that, that, that's what he said, amen? That's what he said, so, oh. Hey, he was talking about those, 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 uh, those middle children, about the older, you know, it's true, it's true. No, no, no y'all, he was not just preaching, he was telling the truth. We love them, we adore them, but they're jerks, and uh, how many are the older child? How many are the older child? Y'all are bossy. No, y'all think you're in charge. You, you think you know everything. You think you're in charge. Mama left you in charge when you were 16, and you still think you're in charge. Amen? We might as well settle this. How many of the younger? Okay, you're spoiled brats. No, no. You, you whine, you complain, and, uh, and, and, and you know why you're brats? Mom and Dad don't whip you anymore. No, they got tired of whipping the first set. It didn't work on them. And so mama's like, it didn't work on them. It's not going to work on him. We might as well. And then when they holler from the back of the room, mama, mama doesn't say, are you hurting? Are you okay? They, she just simply says these words, put him down. Because they know the older ones have got him in bondage and they're going to kill him. Amen. Uh, but uh, um, yeah. How, how many are the only child? You're... Okay, you're schizo, sir. You are all three rolled into one. And uh, so, yeah, they're psychos. So y'all stay away from the only child because you may catch them on a bad Tuesday and you're done. Amen. And uh, hey, by the way, don't go to camp on Saturday with an only child. Make sure you're back home by Friday. And, uh, and, and so there's something wrong. Hey, I was preaching a Spanish um, youth conference a couple of years ago, and I had an interpreter, and he was, and I went through that right there, you know, the, the, the order, and hey, how many are the oldest? Yeah. How many are the youngest? Yeah. How many are the middle child? Yeah. And then I, just thinking out loud, I said, hey, how many are only child? Nobody raised their hand. Not even think, I said, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right, this is a Spanish conference, and, uh, and when I said it, can I say, should I not have said that? When I said that, the whole crowd started dying laughing. Y'all, amigo, that'd be right. <laughs> and uh, so, you, you know, so I just started laughing. I was like, should I have said that? And uh, so anyways, and uh, just, you know, in trying to, why am, I, why am I doing this? You're right. If we had to work together, we'd never get anything done. In the, in, the, in the suburban, y'all, we were telling joke after joke after joke. And all the men were getting it because we're spiritual. All the ladies were like, that's dumb. And uh, so, because, you know, the, yeah, this men, man convention, just tell you a little bit about the Spanish culture. And, and uh, I love the Spanish people. And, and so, yeah, this men's convention, the men show up and the moderator gets up and says, men, go home and be men. 
Just go home and be men. And uh, tell your wife, I, I want to see the house clean. Stand up. Tell her, I want the food hot. And I want the children better behaved. Go home, be a man. All the men are like, yeah, we're going to go home and be a man. A year goes by. A year goes by. All the men come back. And the moderator says, any success stories? Three men come up. White guy, Asian guy, Spanish guy. White guy gets up and he says, I went home last year and I, and I told Margaret, Margaret, I, I better see the house clean and I better see the children well behaved and that food better be hot. First day, I didn't see anything. Second day, I didn't see anything. Third day, I saw improvement and our marriage is doing better. The crowd, all the men, yeah. the Asian guy got up and said, I went home and told wonton, wonton. I better see children better done. I better see laundry better folded. I better see the, 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 the sushi better done. First day, I saw nothing. Second day, I saw nothing. Third day, I saw little improvement. The crowd goes, yeah. Spanish guy gets up. He goes, I went home to Maria. Maria, I better see the house clean. I better see the children better behave. My tacos better be very spicy. First day, I saw nothing. Second day, I saw nothing. Third day, I saw nothing. Fourth day, I could see a little bit out of that eye right there. <laughs> so it only shows you, hey, hey, let me tell you something. Men don't run their home. Women run. Y'all sit there just so petite and just so kind, and you smile. Mm-mm. Mm -mm. I love it when a guy's in love and he goes, I can't wait to get married so I can run my house. <laughs> Sir, if you get married, that's the, that last day you run anything. Amen. Uh, so take your Bibles and go to Psalms chapter 73. Psalms chapter 73. And uh, oh, if we could just stand here and tell jokes all night, we'd be okay. So, uh, but Psalms chapter 73. No, I want, just want to say this. The Bible says, teenagers, you're to be an example of the believer. And uh, thank you for being an example to us tonight. Because sometimes old people, and that's anybody older than 55, Brother Tharp, uh, sometimes old people, uh, we can forget the simplicity, the simple things of life. And that, that is this. God's always taking care of us. God will always take care of us. And sometimes we can fear our way through life rather than faith our way. And we're not here by happenstance. We are here by design. Your God knew that you were going to be here on this Friday night. And uh, this is not, I love to say this, this is not everything God knows. But this is everything God wants you to know. God handpicked down through human history a book. He, he, he gave us a book that was settled in heaven. He didn't make us go to the Library of Congress and have millions of manuscripts to, to search through. We never would do it. He gave us a Bible that you can read over and over and over again and listen to this as you grow, it grows with you because it's already been where you're going. That's why I can read a verse today. I, I shared a set of verses with, with Kelly today and, and I said, look, I was going through something. I said, babe, babe, the answer's right there. And we put that Bible on that ironing board in the hotel room, and I made her get her glasses because she's getting older. And, and, I, and I, we just started. I said, look, that, that word right there. Y'all, listen, whatever you're going through, whatever stage you're in, the word of God is relevant no matter what is going on. And I think the theme for this youth conference is apropos to everything. That means it's appropriate. That, it is apropos to everything that's going on. You being alone with God. Y'all, there's something about it. Psalms chapter 73, and we're going to pray, and we're just going to jump right into it. And I'm not even going to look at my watch. I'm going to look at that watch, but I'm not going to look at this watch. And uh, Psalm 73, I'm glad one of us said time, due to time, respect the time, because now I don't have to say it. Amen. Uh, Psalm 73 and I want us to read verse number one together out loud. Can we do that? What, what a great verse. Psalm 73, one. Start with the word truly. You got it? Here we go. Ready? Begin. Truly God is good to Israel, even to such as are of a clean heart. Truly God is good. J just that phrase right there says it all. 
Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we work our way through the book of Psalms, the chapter Psalms, chapter 73, Lord, I'm asking that you would just do something in our hearts. Lord, we need you tonight. We need you every day. But Lord, when the word of God is opened and preached, that Lord, you have identified some Goliaths. And sometimes we think that we're going downhill when we face Goliaths. But we've heard tonight that, Lord, those Goliaths are going to put us in the palace. It's going to give us the friends that we need. And, Lord, I ask tonight that you would just add to the truth that's already been spoken and then add these two truths to the weeks that the pastors in these young people's lives have spoken and the Sunday school teachers and the moms and the dads and may we just add to it. But tonight, may a permanent decision be made, Lord, for thee. And God, I ask for your blessings upon tonight. Look down and may what you see in our hearts, may it be a sweet-smelling savor from our hearts to you. And Lord, may you be pleased with our attentiveness tonight. May you be pleased with putting ourselves on the altar of the word of God and the spirit of God. And Lord, we're yours tonight. And God, bless us and help us, please. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I, I want to start, and I'm going to read, and I hate to do this to you, but we're going to read the Bible, all right? So I think it's a good thing to do in the house of God, all right? So here we go, you ready? Truly, God is good to Israel. Even to such as are of a clean heart. But look at verse 2. But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. For I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. For there are no bands in their death, but their strength is firm. They are not in trouble as other men, neither are they plagued like other men. Therefore, pride compasseth them about as a chain. Violence covereth them as a garment. Their eyes stand out with fatness. They have more than heart could wish. They are corrupt and speak wickedly concerning oppression. They speak loftily. They set their mouths against the heavens. Their tongue walketh through the earth. Therefore, his people return hither, and waters of, of a full cup are wrung out to them. And they say, how doth God know? And is there knowledge in the Most High? Behold, these are the ungodly who prosper in the world. They increase in riches. Verily, I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocency. For all the day long have I been plagued and chastened every morning. If I say, I will speak thus, behold, I should offend against the generation of thy children. When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. Young person, I'm going to echo what Brother Tharp said, and I think it's very, very, very appropriate. We just don't need you living for the Lord during your, your school years. We need you living for the Lord after you turn the tassel and you get out of the have-tos of life. That maturity is not when you drive. Maturity is not when you can own your own things. Maturity is not when you can live on your own. Maturity is when you make a decision to live for the Lord Jesus Christ without anybody pushing you to live for the Lord Jesus Christ. The psalmist here was saying this, and the psalmist is echoing every battle that every Christian young person faces, and that is this. Everybody faces the inner battle on the inside. Before you ever hear of somebody's life going totally wrong, before you ever hear of anybody's life getting off track, they got off track in their heart and in their imagination and in their thinking long before the blinker on their body got off God's highway. And that is what is going on here. This, this comparison that starts to happen. They start comparing their present life with the life that they think is going on outside these walls. Listen, God has not revealed to you everything that is going on outside of these walls. Please listen to this. This is why God said in Genesis, do not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Why? Because once you eat of the knowledge of good and evil, you have to be a judge of good and evil. 
There is something wonderful about ignorance and innocence to where I just obey. You tell me not to eat it. I don't have to know the why. I'm going to trust you know the why. And all I've got to do is just obey. And in here in Psalm 73, he was right in the middle. And look at what it says there in verse number one. Truly God is good to Israel. In the middle of a land where God was being good. Would you get this please? He almost ruined his life. Young people, there are young people all over that are living in good. That in your life, you're living in good, but in your heart, you are living on the edge. And that's what the psalmist was saying. In the middle of a good land, in the middle of God being good, in the middle of all the God's blessings, I almost ruined my life. I almost, my feet were slipped. Almost my steps well nigh slipped. I mean, in the, in the land of no smoking and no drinking, he almost ruined his life. In, in the land of no bad music and no bad pictures and no worldly influences, he almost ruined his life. In the middle of a land where mom and dad loved God and mom and dad went to church and you got to enjoy a choir like we heard tonight and you got to enjoy a building that is beautiful and you got to enjoy all the luxuries of life and God blessing mom and dad. How is it possible that there's generation after generation, it seems like, that are raised in good churches, but then they head to the world as soon as they turn the tassel. How is that even possible? It's only possible because of verse number three. And young people, this is what you're going to have to guard against. And we're headed someplace in the text. But would you look at it? He said, I, I, I was in the middle. God was being good to Israel. And I'm going to echo what, what pastor said just a moment ago. Take advantage of these friendships now because you're making memories that you're going to need somewhere down the road. You're going to wish you had these days back. You're going to wish that you could sing in that choir. You're going to wish that you could be around godly people. You're going to wish that you could eat cold, stale pizza after a preaching. You're going to wish you could go to camp in a vehicle with no air condition. You're going to wish you were back there. And what is said here, look at verse number three. In this land of utopia, in this land of good, this pure land, this honest land, this land of virtue, this land where God was blessing. He almost ruined it. And I want us to look at verse number three, because here we're going to find out it was not what was in the land that made him almost go bad. It was what was in his heart. Did y'all hear that? We can control this narrative. But we can't control this narrative. Young people, there has to be an individual decision tonight for you to step up and whoop the Goliaths on the inside and you control this. We can control this. We can control where you sleep. We can control it all. But nobody can control this. Look what he said. For I was, could you, could you say that fourth word with me, please? Psalm 73, 3. For I was envious at the foolish. When I saw the prosperity of the wicked. Right now there's a battle going on. Here's the battle between the goodness of God and the prosperity of the wicked. The battle right now is between the goodness of God and the prosperity of the wicked. It's called the backseat syndrome. You're starting to experience it. When you are young and you can't see out the window... You only see the sky and you only see the sun and you only see the clouds. But the older you get, the more that back window starts shrinking and you start growing. And now you get to see humanity and where you're in this environment to where mom and dad control everything. Now you're looking out the windows of life and now you're seeing the thing. This is what the psalmist was saying. What the psalmist was saying was this. I started seeing how they were living and I got a little bit jealous. I got a little bit envious on the inside. Look at verse three. He said, I was envious at the foolish when I saw the what place? Prosperity. You know what that simply means? They're happy. Yet young people, we can live in such a world of good 
that we truly think, but, but, but if we're so right, why is the world so happy? And the world is invading your life. And parents, listen to this. The world's invading the lives of our young people through technology. And all they see are the actors of life memorizing lines and laughing on cue and being happy on cue and having to shoot it three and four times because they show up stoned out of their head. The world's got nothing to offer our young people. But young people, you don't know that. Because it's very easy to look at the TikTok and all this kind of junk going on and say, well, look how happy they are. Look at it. Prosperity. Look at verse 4. For there are no bands in their death. Listen to what Asaph was saying. He was saying this. I'm telling you, I was in the middle of a good land, a good place, but I almost blew it. Why? Because in my heart, I started becoming envious. Look how happy they are. There are no bands in their death, but their strength is firm. Look how powerful they are. It's almost as if they can do anything. Then if you would, look at verse number five. They are not in trouble as other men. Do you know what that word trouble right there means? It, it, it simply means to toil. They're not in trouble like every... You know what the Asaph was saying? How come I got to work for that? How come I got to do chores? Everybody else gets stuff handed to them. How come I have to? You know what he was, the, the psalmist was saying? I didn't realize I was in the middle of a good land, but all of a sudden I started to wanting, if I could bring it to our culture, I, I started wanting to dress like they dress because they're happy. I, I wanted to start doing what they do because they're cool. I, I wanted to be that because look how happy they are. Look how powerful they are. Look how, look how much they are out there on the cutting edge. And then look what it says in verse number five. They're not in trouble as other men. Neither are they plagued. <laughs> I find it very interesting. The word plague there simply means to touch or to put your hand upon. I knew I was in trouble when I was 15 and 16 living at the house I'll tell you how I knew I was in trouble because I couldn't stand to be touched. She said, don't touch me. No, no, my mama, don't touch me. It's like, like, don't touch me. But my mama was probably the best disciplinarian ever because my mom would never holler and scream at us when we were growing up. My daddy did all that. But my mama's will, my mama's will was huge. Like my mama would smile at you and then she would beat you half to death and then she would just smile back at you. I was such a jerk when I was in high school for about two years and um, that, that my mom always made our lunches, right? Let me show you the kind of mom I had. She always made our lunches. They were in brown paper bags. She always wrote our name on the front, right? With a little smiley face and on the napkin on the inside, she'd write a note and she'd do her dumb drawings. And then we'd have to pull those out. People, who'd your mama draw you a picture today? Shut up, man. <laughs> and, uh, and so I came down one day and, uh, there were five lunches, five lunches lined up. And, uh, and I, and this is, the, I, I, I didn't want, if this is the epitome of somebody, what I'm describing to you in Psalm 73 was my teenage world at one time. I didn't understand. Those people are happy. I'm not happy. I want what they have. I came down one day. There's five lunches lined up. Uh, hey, this is how I talked to my mom. I'm surprised she didn't deck me. Like, hey, five lunches. You only got four kids. She goes, well, there's Kimberly's lunch. And she turns around. This is, how, this is how she spoke to me. Well, there's Kimberly's lunch. And she turned around the back. Then there's Bobby's lunch, and she turned around the back. Then there's Karen's lunch, and she turned around the back. And then there's Scotty's lunch, and she turned around the back. And then she said, I mean, this is how expressive my mother is to me. Now, remember, I'm an athlete. I'm a legend in my own mind. I am cool. I am hip. I am groovy, baby. And that's just me. My mom, I said, Who's the fifth one? She goes, oh, this is mommy's lunch and mommy's going to school. And she danced the bags over the top of that. Mommy's going to school with one of these four. Oh, is mommy going to school with Kimberly? Oh, no. Is mommy going to school with Scotty? 
Oh, no. Is mama going to school with Karen? Oh, no. At that moment, at that moment, I said, she ain't got the guts. And she said, oh, ding, 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 ding. Guess who mommy's going to school with? See, my mom's philosophy was this. I'm not taking you out of anything. I'll go with you to everything. My mother went to school with me and made life miserable. Y'all listen to this, miserable. And my mama was like, we get to be study buddies. We get to go to school together. My mother would sit in the class and she would take the test. She would study. And then she would go, what are we doing next? What's the class of 85 doing next? And my buddies would meet me in the bathroom and say, look, dude, whatever you got to fix, you fix it because your mama's cramping our style. But that was my mom. One day I smarted off to a ref and I took a basketball and I slammed it and I told that ref what I thought. My mama gets up off the front of that bleacher. She goes, picks up the basketball. She comes get number 34 by the ear. She takes me into the locker room and there's none of your business what happened in there. And then she brought me out. Nobody's playing ball because she's got the ball. It's a Christian school. We only have one. (laughs) How many know what I'm talking about? The others wobble. (laughs) And she comes back and hands the basketball to the ref and says, you can continue. You apologize. That was my mother. I could go on. I'll give you one more. I'm standing, I'm standing down here on the second row, and my mama's in the choir. My daddy, my mama, my dad's the pastor. My mama had three levels. She would look at you. That was one. She looked back at you, dropped her head. That was two. She looked at you the third time, dropped her head. And if you didn't change, she's coming after you. My mom had this philosophy. You embarrass me in public, I will embarrass you in public. Yeah. This is how she operated. Pick your poison. I ain't got no shame. Those parenting days are done. So my mama, my mama's sitting up here in the choir, sitting up here. My daddy gets to preaching away. My dad's just preaching away. This back in the 80s. My dad's just preaching away. My mama looks. I look at her. And and honestly, in my heart, I'm going, like, what are you going to do? Like, you're stuck in the choir. I'm stuck here. Like, what are you going to do? My mother gets up out of the choir and goes, excuse me, excuse me. My dad's preaching. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. She comes down out of the choir and she comes to the second row. And then she, or this, I'll use the third row because, okay. She comes to the <laughs> third row. She, she does this and takes me by the ear, takes me back to the music room. It's none of your business what happened in the music room. And then she brings me back down and then she sets me down and then she walks right back up to the choir like nothing's going on. And she gets up here, gets in behind, says, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, and sits down and watches dad preach. My father never misses a beat because he knows. I don't know what my wife's going to do. She'll do whatever she wants to do. Let me tell you. I long for the day that I could get away from my mom and dad so that nobody would bother me. Their their moms don't bother them. Their moms let them do whatever they want to do and go wherever they want to go and say whatever they want to say. They never get a whooping. I'm always getting a whooping. My My mama's maiden name was Weisseipel. German. I am telling you, there are many times I could have swore there's a little mustache sitting right there to where she was like, you will get out of bed and you will like it. I promise you, I promise you that as a teenager, I was like this guy in Psalm 73. And I was like, this isn't fair. This isn't fair in the middle of a good church, in the middle of a good program in the middle of a mom and dad who loved God in the middle of deacons who actually cared about me in the middle of goodness you know what I was always doing and in my heart I was like a prisoner just marking time on the wall of my life two more years I can go do what I want to do One more year, I can just get out of here and go do what I want to do. They're happy. Nobody tells them to do anything. They don't have to abide by any rules. They can get away with murder. And here I am stuck as a little Christian boy, a little preacher's kid, stuck in this little prison. And then all of a sudden, 
But it went to a whole new level. Look at verse number 12. Then the psalmist started saying this. Look at it. Verse 12. Behold, these are the ungodly who prosper in the world. They increase in riches. Then listen to what he says. Verily, I have cleansed my heart in what? Vain. Look at verse 13. In what? Vain. And washed my hell, my hands in innocency. You know what he said? So why am I doing this? So would somebody please tell me, why can't I kiss a girl? Would somebody please tell me, why can't I listen to rock and roll? Those people are immoral, listen to rock and roll music, and they're happier than our youth group is. So exactly why are we doing this? We gotta, they get to go anywhere they want to go. They get to do anything, get in a car, go anywhere they want to go. And we've got to line up like a little good old Christian people and we march like we're little robots and we gotta wear this, we gotta act this way. Yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, say yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am, say no, ma'am. The first time you said a yeah, my mama would go, You from a foreign country boy? Yes, ma'am, say it like you mean it. Yes, ma'am. And all of a sudden I thought, So why am I doing this then? And there was in the psalmist. And young people, I'm going to ask you, not to stand up and testify right now, but is that where you're at? Are you at that point to where you're old enough to see out and you know it's just a matter of years to where, how can they look so happy and we are so restricted? And then there's this goodness of God and prosperity of the wicked and how do I balance this? The only way you balance it is in verse 17. Until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then understood I therein. Young people, if you want to jump start on what other young people have never figured out. And I praise God. Can I just testify right now? I praise God that I found the sanctuary before I turned the tassel. I praise the Lord. Because if the Bob Gray in 84 was the Bob Gray in 85, the Bob Gray in 84 wouldn't be standing here. I would have crossed lines and crossed boundaries that would have absolutely ruined me. I was in the middle of goodness. And I didn't even realize it, but my heart was like, I want out of here. I can't wait till I get my license, my car, my job, and I'm going to sock away money. And then I'm telling you, Bob and Leanne Gray, I'm just going to tell you what I think of you. Then I'm headed out the back door. Because in my heart, I was envious at the prosperity. But it wasn't until I went to the sanctuary of God. Then understood I their end. Could I, could I use you two guys right there? Would that be okay? Young people, the only thing that's going to help you solve the battle on the inside. And I, guys, I want you to hold it like a tent. So take one in. I should have gave you instructions before. Turn this way. No, turn this way. There you go. Give me, give me a little in the back and let it tent in the front. Come to the back, brother. Yeah, come to the back. Okay, hold it like this. Okay, put your arm all the way down. Grab halfway down and let it tent. Here, lift it as high as you can lift it. Hold this back part up. There you go. It was not until... I decided to give God equal time. I had been spending all this time in envy. And then God did something in my heart in my summer before my senior year. Lift it up because I'm walking right through there. And it was not until. Guys, go stand in the front of the pulpit. Go stand, just take it and stand in front of the pulpit. And I will tell you this, the Bible is true. 
In my heart, I was envious. Give me a little bit more flap in the front. Move your hand down to the center. There you go. Watch this. But you know when my life turned around? It wasn't when I went to more preaching. I had all the preaching I could handle. It's not until I went into the sanctuary of God. And I was alone with God. And it was just God and I. Just God and I and his word. Just God and I. Lord, will you help me? It wasn't until I went into the sanctuary. Then understood I their end. And then when I emerged from the sanctuary, there was a confidence and there was an understanding. And now the world had no enamor for me. And now the music had nothing that I wanted. And the world, I pitied them. Because look at what the book says. Not until I understood their end. What was their end? Their end was nothing but slippery. Look at verse number 18. Surely thou didst set them in slippery places. Thou casted them down into destruction. How are they brought into desolation as in a what please? Moment. They are utterly consumed with what? Terrors. Young people, I'm coming to you telling you that the only antidote against the envy in your heart, the only thing that's going to balance this out in your life is not more singing. It's not more preaching. It's not any of that. You've heard all of that. Then why is there still envy? Because you have not gone to the God that lives on the inside of you, the God that created you, the God that knows you, and the God that has set you up for success. And if I could beg you to do one thing, go alone with God and go into the sanctuary. Because only when you get into the sanctuary will this whole thing make sense. And then all of a sudden, it's more than just black and white on a piece of paper. And it's more than just this Bible. It's the words of God are starting to make sense. And then you spend your time, not in front of a screen, but now you spend your time in the holy book. No need to doubt him now. He'll make a... And then all of a sudden, you'll come out with a... It factor that you cannot explain but only comes from your creator. Did you hear that? We can't put it in you. Danny, we can't give it to you. Carter, we can't give you pills for it. It only comes from the person that created you. You are fearfully and you are wonderfully made. And the devil has set up a counterpart out there to light and ignite something in you that would cause you to dishonor your Lord. And the only one that's going to keep you from being that person that you're not going to like and you will be consumed with terrors. Nobody lives in this world. Nobody lives for the devil without coming out with guilt and without coming out with days they wish they didn't live. You adults can help me anytime. There are days you wish you didn't live. Do you know why the adults sometimes are very quiet in preaching? It's because they're sitting there living in this thought. I wish somebody would have told me this when I was young. Because if somebody just would have told me this. You know what they're praying in their heart? God, let my young person be listening. God, let them be listening Because there's only one that can balance out the insanity of this world. And that's the Lord. Do you know where unfortunately we live at? God bless your moms and dads. 
Because you know what your moms and dads are trying to do by you being here? You know what they're trying to do? They're, they're trying to drag you into the sanctuary. Do you, do you know what they're trying to do? They're trying to push you into the sanctuary. And then kind of try to get out. And, and, and you're like, I don't want to be there. No, 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 no. You need to get in there. By the way, I don't blame your mom and dad. A good parent puts you on the front line of preaching. Because it may not be today and it may not be tomorrow. But what, you know what we're hoping happens? That sometime when we push you into the sanctuary, it becomes your own. I'll say it again. I said at the very beginning, maturity is not you driving, owning your own bank account, having your own cell phone that you didn't pay for. That's not maturity. You know what maturity is? Maturity is when nobody's got to force you. But there's this desire. I. And do you know what you do from that point? Go ahead and sit down, guys. You wrap yourself in your own sanctuary. And you just go. I know my Bible's up here someplace. And I just got to spend time with the Lord. And then when it's done spending time with the Lord, you emerge with this wide eye. Hello. Isn't God good? Can we sing that song one more time? We're going to where? Preaching? Did you say we're going to preaching? And it's a two-day ride by donkey? I'm in! And then you just go back to your sanctuary and you spend time in your sanctuary. And then when you come out, then when somebody says, hey, big boy, (laughs) do you know what you go? Oh, no, thank you. Because my God promised a blessed marriage. Yeah. Come on. My God promised. Do you know what we're lacking? Sanctuary people. You, you, don't, you don't need more singing. You've heard everything. You don't need more preaching. You've heard everything. But you know what we're hoping happens? We're hoping that, that's an ugly guy right there. I didn't realize that. We're hoping that on this Friday night, that this Friday night you'll make up your mind that I, mom, dad, you'll never have to make me again. Your days of making me are over. I, I want to tell you something. I have made your God my God. And I am going to disappear and I'll be right back. And he walks with me and he talks with me. And he tells me I am his own and the joy we share as we tarry there. None other has ever known. He speaks and the sound of his voice is so sweet that the birds hush their singing. And young person, you'll never be the same if you just would go to the sanctuary and get alone with God and just say, God, I need you. God, I want to serve you. And Lord, you're going to have to help me. Young people, I've only used the sheet as an illustration. Well, I can remember that, that, that time in July that I came back from camp and 
the preacher was preaching on that Friday night, Thursday night. You know how camp goes, the final service. My mom and my dad are sitting next to me, and I was just a jerk. And that preacher started preaching, and for whatever reason, God reached down and got such a hold of me that I ran outside of the tent, and I went into a thicket, and I got on my knees, and I said, God, I'm done. I don't want to be this guy anymore. I don't want to be this person anymore. Lord, I just don't want to be this person. And on that night, the Lord transformed my life. I came back and sat next to my mama, and my mama kept praying, and all she did was reach over and pat me on the knee and said, Welcome home, Bobby. Welcome home. Y'all listen to me. From that point at 17, and I am 55 right now, the most precious time I spend is with the Lord. And it's at the oddest times because the schedule is so crazy. But I will tell you this. If you go to the end of Psalm 73, and if you'll mark these words, look what he said. My heart, excuse me, verse 26. My flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For lo, they that are far off, that far from thee shall perish. Thou hast destroyed all them that go a whoring from thee. Look at this. But it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God that I may what? Declare. Y'all listen, I'm about to tell you. You know how come some of you can get up here and sing like that? You, you declare like that. Because you spent time like this. You can declare when you spend time. But when you don't spend time, you can't declare. But there's a boldness lacking in Christianity right now because there's no sanctuary. There's no spending time with the Lord. My confidence does not come from the flesh. My confidence comes from the God who created me, the Jesus who saved me, the Holy Spirit that indwells me. And there is no Goliath in this world that can't come down. But you can't do it with you. You don't have the answer. They're too smart for you. You don't have the intellect. They out, they out intellect you. But I'll tell you what nobody can outdo. Nobody. Come on, sheep. Y'all excuse me while I get dressed. Nobody can out sanctuary you. Nobody. And there's something wonderful. Could I end this way? Can anybody tell me what they had to do to Moses' face after he saw the glory of God? They had to cover it. And here's why. Because when he went up to meet with God, all he saw was the backside of his glory. And do you know what you want? You want to spend so much time with God that you see his glory, that when you come out of it, people go, what's, what's, what's different about you? You're not like all the other young ladies. You got something special. And it's not your makeup or your cologne. You know what it is? The glory of God. And I promise you, that the only antidote for the world and the envy it produces in your heart is being alone with God. You say, well, what do I do when I get alone with God? You don't have to do anything. He will do it all. If all you do is say, I just need some time. Oh, I, I can remember those beginning days. And I can remember those days when I said, now, Mama, 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 I, I, I got to get up early, Mama. And uh, 
Mom, I, I, I need to spend time with the Lord. Mom, I need your help. My mom said, Bobby, what can I do? I said, don't let the kids bother me. And mom, I just need 30 minutes. That's all I need, mom. I'm going to get up, take a shower. I'm going to get ready. But mom, can I just get 30 minutes? And while I was in the shower, I'd come back to my room. And my mama would have a milk there. And my mama would leave a note. And then she would let me spend time with the Lord. And my mama gave me a precious gift. And that was this. She let me sanctuary with the Lord. Can I ask you something, young person? The Holy Spirit's told me to shut it down. Can I ask you a question? Do you sanctuary at all with the Lord? When is the last time somebody caught you with your Bible? And when is the last time somebody caught you in prayer? Do you sanctuary? Because if you don't, you're going to think this world is happier than what it really is. And you're going to think this world is more prosperous than what it really is. And you're going to think that's the way to live life. I would like to declare today that I am living the American dream right now. I am living a blessed life, even with all of its junk. But I listen, everybody's got junk and everybody's got issues. I would much rather have them on this side of God. Heads bowed, eyes closed. If you're not sanctuarying with God, young person, then it's time to make that commitment. God, I'm, I'm going to spend time with thee. The older you get, the harder it becomes. But you can be alone with God. The biggest gift you'll ever give your mom and your dad is go home and say, Mom and Dad, I need your help. Let them help you. Let them help you sanctuary with God. And watch the Lord speak to you in certain ways, not audibly, but through the Spirit of God and the Word of God. Whenever a believer is envious at the world, it is totally because they do not sanctuary with God and what you'll find out is sanctuary will become a way of living not an event your mind will meditate 